0: Growing up, um, when I was growing up, there were actually two kinds of kids. Um, there were those that were in, you know, the in, and there were those that were not, okay? And 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 one of the ways that you could tell if a kid was in or not was based on the kind of jeans they wore, okay? Maybe, I don't know if you go back in, in, in your mind and think about that kind of stuff, but that was true where, where I grew up. And, and if it was Levi's 501s with a button fly, you were in, okay, if you were in. If you had anything else, you might as well hang a sign around your neck that said Loser Nerd Boy because that's what you were, honestly. That's the way that life was growing up for me when I, when I was a, a kid. And so, of course, there was tremendous pressure to buy Levi's 501s with a button-down fly. And, of course, my par- to my parents, jeans were what? Jeans were jeans, you know, jeans were jeans, and thus began my hate affair with peer pressure and the pressure to conform. Um, Was there something in your life like that as well when you're growing up that if you had this, wore this, drove this, you know, lived here, you were on the in group, and if you weren't, then you might as well just simply give up because you'll never rise much higher than a frog in your whole worldly existence. And and this is what I want to talk about. I want us to talk about a few seconds the whole idea of conformity and compromise and and not just the concept of what it is but what it can really do to us particularly when spiritual values begin to come in to play. We're in a series that we're calling unshakable and we want to talk about standing firm when life throws stuff at you. You know, how do you how do you stand strong? How do you how do you stand firm when life gets really, really big. And we're looking at the story of Daniel in the Bible. Now, everyone knows something about Daniel, okay? Everybody knows. You can talk to anybody and say, tell me what you know about Daniel in the Bible. They would say, well, Daniel in lion's den. That comes from the story of Daniel. You ever heard the term, the writings on the wall? Ever heard that term, writings on the wall? That comes from the book of Daniel, Okay, have, have you ever heard the term, here we go, shaky, shaky? Have you ever heard that term? That doesn't come from Daniel. That comes from the Wiggles. And we talked about that <laughs> last week. <clears throat> anyway, but when things did get shaky, shaky, Daniel stood strong. He was one of those people that was unshakable. And again and again, things would come. And I would imagine he would eventually begin to start saying, Ugh not again, you know, not again. Here comes something else, and I got to stand firm, and I got to stand strong, and I'm going to stand true to my convictions, and true to my values, and true to who I am, and true to who God is to me, as I'm going to get, as I want get, to get through this. Daniel was not a celebrity. He was not splashy or a personality. He wouldn't be on Fallon, you know, on late night TV or anything like that, um, and I have no idea what kind of jeans he wore. But he's just somebody with integrity in his life, and he continually stayed true. And, and I've always admired him, and, and I've always thought, man, he's one of those guys that in heaven I'd like to just shake his hand and say thank, thank you for your life. The Bible says this, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Babylon is the big dog country, and they're kind of eating up other countries, and they come to Jerusalem, they come to Judah, the country of Judah and the city of Jerusalem, and if they're the big dog country, they're going to eat up small dogs, and they ate them up as well. It says this, the Lord gave him, that would be Nebuchadnezzar, victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah, and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasure house of his God. And if you were there, if you are one of the residents, it would be like here. All of a sudden you'd see the tanks and the forces coming over 92 or coming up one and coming down one. And pretty much they surrounded us. And they'd begin to start carrying off the best stuff. They basically overran the place. They took the best food, the clothes, furniture, you know, fishing gear, whatever else they took. They took back to their own place. Now, not only did they take stuff, they also took people. All right? They're going to take people back to their country. And the people were told, grab your stuff, you got a long walk ahead of you, and they relocated them to a refugee camp some 700 miles away across the desert. Among of those that were relocated was a teenage kid named Daniel. And this is where his story starts. It goes on and it says this, then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. And it describes them. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. What the king wanted was young hunks, okay? Good-looking guys, smart, could think on their feet, best of the best, you know? He wanted them, and this is a very smart move on his part. That if he can take those countries he's overrun and train some of the the kids and some of the young people to be part of his government, part of his official group, the people will not be so bugged any longer that their country's been taken over. They feel like they have some kind of representation here, and and so you know it's it's kind of like you know Babylonian idol. You know they're getting the best of the best, the best kids of all it says this he was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonian smart move going to assimilate all the people now obviously guess who's chosen among those were some from Judah Daniel Hananiah Mishael and Azariah so our boy Daniel and three of his friends they're they're all chosen um you know, you look back through your kids' yearbooks or even maybe your own year, yearbook. And there was always at least, you know, my, my school had, you know, who's who or it had most likely to succeed or best looking or most all around, most kinds of characteristics, you know. And of course, loser nerd boy was never in any of those, but that's just the way life was um, for me. And, and just imagine Daniel, okay, if you were him, you're young, you're around 15 or so, you're smart, good looking, strong. You know, you're sharp, popular, you have good personality, and you're a leader, and you're now chosen by the king. Best of the best of the best. It says they were were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. And what if it was you? You know, you ever think about that? What if it was you? What if the king wanted to train you? You know? I mean, to learn. This is your big break. I mean this is your 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 ticket. Right now, you know, kids are all figuring out seniors and where they're going to go to school next year, you know, and what kind of scholarships they're going to get. This is the full ride scholarship. I mean, this is the Harvard. This is the Yes, yeah, the Stanford. I mean, this is the best place. The best of the best right here. This is fast track to the top and you do this, you've made it. I mean, they they've they've chosen you. Chosen you. You You know, you, Daniel, you've just been chosen to go to the king's palace. You know, how do you feel? Three-year training, you know, you'll come out. Major salary, everything taken care of. So to help complete the assimilation, it says this. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belshazzar; To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. So not only are they now relocated, not only are they now in a new environment, in the king's palace, being trained, they also have new names. A good study Bible will tell you that the new names were kind of opposite the old names. Okay? They had old names, and now they have new names. Each of, of these guys, their original Hebrew name was named after God, or one of the characteristics of God. For instance, Daniel's name meant God is my judge. You know, God, the real God is my judge. Hananiah, the Lord is gracious. Mishael is, man, there's no one like God. Who's like God? Nobody. And Azariah, his name meant whom the Lord helps. Everything about God, the God of Israel. Their new names were on the flip side, the opposite. Belshazzar means may the God Bel protect his life. Not the Lord, but the Babylonian God. You see you see what's going on here? Shadrach means under the command of Aku. Meshach is who is like coup. and then Abednego is servant of, of Nebo. New clothes, new names, new place to live, everything, cutting ties from their past. Study after study shows that when kids go to college, they go what? They go crazy. There you go. There you go. They go crazy. They just go wild. Why? Why do they do that? It's because they're now in an environment they're free. They're free from all constraints, you know. They don't have anything from the past. They're just, they're free. You know, new people to hang out with, no control, no parents around, no authority. They can go, what's the word? Crazy. You know, they can go crazy, and they will go crazy like that. You just think, what about these guys, you know? What about these guys? There's no one looking after them. They're now living in a very wild and crazy place, Goes on, it says this the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. Now, good stories have conflicts, um, and here we go with this one. The royal food and the royal wine were huge problems. And you think, how so? Well, it had been offered to the idols of, their, of, of the palace, and it was dedicated to these idols. And for a devout God follower, that's just one line too far. I can't cross that one. I just can 't do it if I have any kind of conscience whatsoever if I'm not going to go wild and crazy and lose all self- respect that's just one I can't do I just can't do if I have the right values, I cannot compromise to that degree. I will not conform so Daniel's now faced with a choice and 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 you know you, you learn in life that um, little compromises are a lot of times tied up with big things. Your compromises or your ability to not compromise or conform is based on actually bigger values that are behind you. And this is what's going on here. You know, you think, oh, it's just food, you know. Or it's just a little quarter pounder, you know, or just some bubbly beverage. But there's a bigger picture there. A bigger picture there. Those of you that are in recovery, and I respect the heck out of you guys, you understand what one little compromise will do. You know it. You know what it's like. Maybe you've experienced it before, and you're scared to death of it. Good for you. For Daniel and these three guys, it's now make up your mind time. Honestly, make up your mind time. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? you go ahead and eat or do you say no because again these are the little angles that life starts in its direction taking you either this way or that way i mean have you ever heard the term don't sweat the small stuff you know i've heard that term don't sweat the small stuff that's not in the book of daniel by the way but the concept is and and i i agree don't don't sweat the small stuff but the trick is you got to know what the small stuff is and we think it's just food. This is not small stuff. In this case, for Daniel, this small stuff choice would be a rejection and a compromise to the God who gave him life. We think it's small stuff. It's not. It's big. It's a small deal, but a, a huge deal. And and I, I put together a short list of of all the reasons why Daniel and his friends could have eaten the food, and and actually the short list became all the reasons why any of us might stumble and fall, or fall into temptation. This is all the things that they could have said, and these are all the things that maybe we say in this. First of all, number one, it's just a small thing. What's the big deal? It's just a small thing. Number two, others are what? Others are doing it. Daniel and the three guys are not the only Judean kids who were chosen, and it seems to me like there's probably a hundred more, only four stand out and said we can't do it. So you're in the 4%. Number three, no one will know. No one's going to know. Who's going to know? They're in a palace. They don't have the same names anymore. You know that? Parents are miles away. You know, who's going who's to really, really know? And who's going to tell? And then number four, God or life hasn't been that good to me. And that's one that we sometimes struggle with because we think, man, you know, if God were better to me, I wouldn't have this temptation, or this is the way I need to actually just kind of medicate myself. If God were better to me than this, then I wouldn't be tempted to go down in this, in this, in this direction. God has not shown himself particularly good to Daniel. He got exiled. You know, he's out in the middle of nowhere. Number five, if God doesn't want me to do this, why does he make it so easy and seem so right? Okay. There we go, you know, and there we go. <sighs> do those ever hit you, you know? It's like, if God doesn't want me to, why? I mean, look, at, it's right there. The food is right there. Smells good, looks good. You know, I'm hungry and all this kind of stuff. And these are all the reasons why we conform or all the reasons why we compromise, isn't it? I mean, it's right there. Right there. No one knows. So how do you get through it? First of all, number one, you gotta, you got to make the tough calls. You've got to make the tough calls. It says here, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. There it is. Now, what's cool is this kid isn't even old enough to get his chariot license. You know, he's, he's a 15-year-old kid. He's a kid. He asked for the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. And he goes with his peach-fuzz face to the official and says, I need permission not to do this. Now, this is not a small deal. Okay, this is a small deal. You just think, okay, let's give him, you know, you know, the other diet. It doesn't work that way because the king is major unstable, and if he doesn't like your haircut, he'll throw you into the pizza oven. I mean, that's the way this this king really, really was. And and as I look through this, I like, where did this come from? Where did this come from in this kid? He's 15, 16, maybe. Where did this come from in a 15-year-old kid? You know? I had to think this one out. Where does a 15-year-old have the guts and the character and the strength to do this? I don't think I would when I was 15. I I honestly don't. And then I began to wonder, I wonder who the mentors were in his life. You know? There had to be somebody in his life that had coached him along and worked with him to give him the strength of character for this. Who were the people that spoke into his life here? And then I began to think through this. It's like, wow. Wouldn't it be awesome if every 15-year-old kid in our church had that strength of character? Wouldn't that be incredible? Well, you know what it's going to take? It's going to take us to become strong mentors to speak into their lives. And the more and more kids we're going to get into this church family, the more and more people like you to say, I'm going to do something to change another person's life so that when they're faced with a bunch of crud, whether it's in high school or college where they want to go, you know, crazy, they will think back to the time when they made a commitment to Christ and they saw an example of another adult that said this is what character is all about and this is how you live a life of faithfulness and commitment to God. And so this is a call now to all of us to say we need to be there for these kids, whether they're this big or whether they're this big but they're growing, and they're shaping, and they're forming character. The story goes on. says so This official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord, the king, who's assigned your food and drink. He may kill me. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. Okay, what's going to happen? You know, da, 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 da. At the end of 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. And all you vegans and vegetarians are going, yeah. <laughs> You think, yeah, I did, that's it. But that's not the deal here. And I'm sure there's some health things going on here. I think there are probably some health things going on here as well. Um, but the major message is not just vegetables are better than meat. The lesson here is this is a God thing, a trust in God thing, an obedience thing. It's saying, I will not compromise my faith no matter what it means. I can't. Because God's too important to me. And what God wants for me is too important. Next, the next thing is, we need to decide our values now. I like it, it says this, but Daniel had made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. And it seemed like the values that came into play here were the ones he had already set for himself. He knew it was against his value system and he's going to live his values out. When I was 15, I'd eat anything in front of me, but this was based on the values that he already had set in place. When is the time to make up your mind you're not going to compromise? Is it when you're faced face with compromise? Holy cow, no. When is, your, when is it time to decide you're not going to give in to the temptation? Is it when you're faced with the temptation? No, it's times like now when you're strong to say there are lines I cannot cross, I will not cross. This was, by the way, the pattern of Daniel's life. almost got him killed twice, by the way. Um, And then the last thing is just ask three questions. Number one, first of all, question, always remember, who am I? Ask the question, who am I? Who am I? Um, Guys, remember Tiger Woods, we all do. You know, oh man. 2009, if I were to ask you who Tiger Woods was, you would say he is the greatest golfer on the planet. Today, who is Tiger Woods? You'd say someone different, wouldn't you? Who am I? I'm God's workmanship placed here on this little blue planet so I can live life for him and others. Who am I? Called to make more and more committed followers of Jesus Christ. Now, we all bring these things here. Who are we? We are called as God's people, not for ourselves, but for others. Tiger Woods, when, when all the whole scandal of all the different women he was with came out, he made a statement. It was an interesting statement he made. He said, as he was talking, he said, I have not been true to my values. I've not been true to my values. Somebody said, no, actually you have been. Because your values are always revealed in your life, aren't they? Always revealed in your life. I hate that statement, who you are when you are alone is who you are. I hate that statement because it's so true, isn't it? Who you are when you're alone is what? It's who you are. Number two, ask the question, whose am I? Who do you belong to? Love this verse. God love this verse. For God bought you with a price, so you must honor God with your body. That's whose you are. You're bought bought with a price. And then the last one is like the statement I made. Who am I when no one is looking? Who am I when no one's looking? Who am I? Because Daniel and his three friends, who were they when no one was looking? They were true all the way down. Romans twelve two. you could write that down. We don't have it on the screen. It says, do not be conformed to this world. And there's a, another version that says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Isn't that cool? Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold because it's going to try. It's going to try and squeeze you into its mold. It says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, changed by the renewing of your mind, letting God do that. Little choices, little ones make up big. And Daniel and his three friends made those choices. It's really interesting that there were probably 100 or so kids that were chosen. Where were the other guys? Don't hear about them. Not a thing, because they made small choices that set their life going off in in that direction. So hey, how are your choices? How are your decisions? Um, Little ones will make up the big. Um, values, important. And the time to make your decision on what lines you will never cross is now. It's always now. Worship team, would you guys come on up, please? Um, and, and and I just want to let you know that <laughs> there's always hope. Maybe you said, man, I made decisions not to cross certain lines, and I crossed them. And now what, you know? Uh, with God, there's always room to come back doesn't mean you take that for granted. It means you take that as important and you can come back. Would you bow with me, please, as we take a second and pray? Would you, Lord, um, just show us, speak to us right now the areas in our lives that we may be slipping, things that we our thinking or doing that are just not what you would want from us, and we know it. And and God, when we come back, we we will find strength in you, help from you, and thank you for that. God, help us not to let the world squeeze us into its mold, but allow us to be changed by the renewing of our heart and mind as you do that. So wash us, watch us, help us. Thank you for these people here, the courageous decisions they make day by day to live a life for Jesus Christ. God, just continue to bless them as they do, and we thank you in your name. Amen. Hey, thank you guys for being part of tonight. Um, There are cupcakes back there. And they um, are all low-carb, low-calorie, gluten-free, every single one of them. And they have not been offered to idols either, so you can eat them. They're safe. They're safe to go. Let's stand up. We're going to finish the final song. God bless you guys. Love you. Have a great week.